This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, everybody. Uh, we are here broadcasting live from Aberdeen, South Dakota, in the heart of the Real Presence listening area. I'm Chris Euler. And I'm Dominic King. Yeah, and we just have had a wonderful show today. Uh, started off. Uh, with a little bit of a phone technicality, uh, but that's okay. Things happen. Uh, but we bantered for a bit, talked about some wonderful saints. Then uh, Dominic's parents came in. We seem to have a good theme, you know, parents, family, it the importance of family, and right. that really leads us to our next it does. interview. Yeah. It leads really well to our next interview. So we had, you know, saints, parents, family, and now we would have none of those things without life, mm. right? without the ability to uh, be born and to have children and to value these children. So uh, the next interview is with uh, uh, Camille Pauly, who is the co-founder and president of Healing the Culture, this pro-life ministry that uh, is led by Father Robert Spitzer, uh, who just recently moved their offices to Rapid City. And so uh, it's a pretty big deal, guys, to be having this conversation this week in light of recent events. We'll get there in a minute. But before we do, Camille, welcome to Real Presence Live. We're excited to chat with you. Hi, Chris and Dominic. Good to talk to you too. Yeah, so ex- I'm. Uh, this is. Uh, I'm just jazzed like, mm-hmm. to be able to, 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 to have this conversation. Like, oh, to think. But if you think about it, if we have this conversation a week ago, it's very different. Yes. Um. You know, and the reality of um. I'm just got chills. Like, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, Camille, before we dive into like the meat, uh, can you tell us a little bit about a little bit about yourself and about healing the culture? Sure. So uh, I started. The organization Healing the Culture with Father Robert Spitzer back in 2003, the purpose was because we really saw that a piece was, a big piece was missing in the pro-life movement to give people a philosophical uh, background and grounding for why we are pro-life. Our church has such a rich history of philosophical understandings of the human person, what real freedom is, what happiness means. Uh, what actual and authentic success and quality of life and love are all about. And those things help us to more deeply understand and interpret human rights and the common good. And our our culture became so vapid in an understanding of these things. Uh, We lost philosophy. We lost logic. We lost a lot of intelligence in our uh, universities on, on going deep into these kinds of concepts. And because of that, issues like abortion, euthanasia, uh, sexuality, stem cell research, you know, medical applications have really suffered because of our, our narrow and unsophisticated interpretation of these words. So what we do is we help people understand more deeply what these words mean, live for more deep interpretations of these words, and then understand how abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, things like this destroy, not enhance, but destroy our opportunities for success and quality of life and happiness. So that's what we do. We're educational. We train people, train teachers and pastors and students and parents and religious educators, and we've got a ton of resources on our website, healingtheculture.com. You are absolutely speaking to like a very core <laughs> of my love of teaching. I, mm-hmm. I, oh, we had talked about it earlier in the show. Like Everything that you said, I'm like, that's how I kick off my year, like the purpose of life. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Um, so you guys uh, most re- recently moved to Rapid City. Uh, pretty we excited did. to have you in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, where were you guys at before? So Father Spitzer 
a lot of your uh, audience is familiar with him. He's still in California in the Orange County area. But we were in Seattle, Washington. I lived there for 30, almost 35 years. And Healing the Culture grew up there. We had offices, a huge network, donors, you know, collaborators. And uh, obviously it became a very difficult place to run our pro-life ministry when the riots started happening. We were at the sort of the epicenter of the riots, and then we got shut down twice. And, um, you know, we, we violated a lot of those uh, edicts. We, we thought they were unjust, and we needed to be there for the, the work that we do. And, uh, and then we got a lot of pressure. There was so much oppression that we thought it's just not safe to do business here, and healing the culture's work is way too valuable to be destroyed by a state government that... Uh, Uh, puts its ego first ahead of the people. So my husband did a lot of research, um, and we, you know, we investigated Texas, a wonderful state, Florida, fabulous, um, Idaho, fantastic. A lot of our donors were moving to Idaho because it's very close to Seattle. But we settled on Rapid City for two reasons. One is because your business environment here and your your pro-life spirit here is, I mean, it's next to nothing else. It's amazing. And we needed that in order to draw... Um, you know, employees and uh, collaborators to a place where it would grow rich, uh, even richer uh, in the kind of people we need. And secondly, because uh, it's just beautiful here. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. It is just God's country. We love it. We have settled well. We're getting used to the tennis ball-sized hail in areas (laughs) and wind. Uh, (laughs) But the sunshine is fantastic and the hills are beautiful. And most of all, you can't beat the people. You're right, absolutely. Amen. Yeah. So, Camille, I was out in Rapid City for our state bar convention. I'm an attorney, and so obviously it's a different perspective, you know, getting this decision on Friday. Um, but you were somewhere else. You were in D.C., is that correct? I, w- I just happened to be in Washington, D.C. when the decision came down. We'd had a trip planned for several months. Students for Life of America is a fabulous organization that starts pro-life groups and clubs on college and high school campuses across the country. My husband, Michael Pauley, was one of the original founders of the group, and uh, so we collaborate with them a lot. And they'd invited me to come and train at a conference that just happened to be on Friday, Saturday, Sunday this past week. Uh, There were 250 pro-life college students from all over the country, and my job was to train them how to cultivate their their leadership potential, you know, how to, how to become better leaders in the pro-life movement. And I gave my talk at 9 a.m. Eastern time, and at 10 oh. o'clock in the morning when I was descending the steps of the stage at the conference hotel is when the decision was rendered. We were not expecting it. We were like everybody else thinking it was going to come out this Friday. Mm. And uh, I will tell you, Chris and Dominic, the cheering in that room when they announced the decision was better than anything I've ever heard at any sports game in my life. <laughs> wow. These kids were on fire, excited. You know, they were laughing and, and cheering and crying and hugging each other. And they've only, many of them have only been in the, involved in the movement for like two years. You know, mm-hmm. I've been involved in this movement for 35 years. And, and I just kind of sank to my knees and thanked God in gratitude. We loaded them all up in buses. We went straight in 20 minutes. We were on the steps of the Supreme Court. And, uh, it was an amazing experience. There was so much joy and so much gratitude from our side, and the students were filled with so much peace. It was not that big of a crowd because, of course, mm. nobody was expecting this. So mm-hmm. the pro-abortion side had maybe, I don't know, maybe 100 people. We had probably 250, 300 people. Mm. And, um, you know, it was just beautiful to see the difference in these two groups. Mm. Absolutely. That's one thing that I've been 
as I've been on March for Life and uh, you know had that opportunity as well, you know there is such a difference. You know there is such a difference because of the you know you talk about the philosophical differences uh, of the human person. Uh, you know you look at those who are pro-life. They look at a human person with love, mm-hmm. you know, outside the womb, you know, and people who yes. are more angry, you know, they, you know, it could stem at their own view of themselves, you know, because they don't have a good view of the human person. And so yeah, that's absolutely that's right. interesting, um, you know, and from your firsthand experience there. And so uh, what a, I got chills when you were talking. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, so after, you know, after you were on the steps, right, you know, you, you were, guys were rejoicing and celebrating there. Um uh, and you had those pro-abortion protesters, you know, did, uh, what was kind of the, I know you said there was a lot of, a lot of joy, a lot of, a lot of screaming, a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. now what though? Like what was, now was there like well, a, a, was there a response afterwards of like, okay, what's, what's gonna, there, what do we have yes, to do? Yes, there hmm. was, and there is, I, I, I kind of sum it up by, you know, by pointing out the difference that was happening on the steps that day. I, the and not, a lot of people have already seen this on television, but there's something just so diabolical about what's going on in the other side. Mm-hmm. It isn't, it, it's no longer just kind of confused about whether or not it's a baby. It's a complete confusion of who they are and their sexuality and their gender and their human personhood. And I, I really pray for the other side because I can't imagine how much pain they've suffered to be in such a dark place. They shouted obscenities that I've never heard of before. You know, they were giving us the middle finger, doing all kinds of grotesque movements. And our side just smiled. And, and the students were yelling, we love you. We're here for you. And that was the sign of contradiction that Christ has asked us to be. And what's, what's happening now is that all these pro-life groups that have sort of siloed in the past we do our thing, you do your thing, we all um, support each other and love each other and, and respect each other, but we do our siloed thing. They're all coming together now, and there are conferences going on on how we're going to collaborate in the states that need us the most, how we're going to share resources, um, you know, how we're going to have open communications. There's leadership, uh, you know, all the leadership of the different organizations are getting together like we never have before on a scale we never have before to say, what do I have that you need, and here's what I need, and how can you help me because the battle is going to shift it's going to be a little mm. different than it used to be so it's, it's a wonderful thing to see the the pro-life movement coming together in such an, an amazing strong way absolutely and dominic and i are both university of mary grads and um you know just we're formed in a very beautiful way about what the human person is and uh but then also like you mary's witness uh at the march for life and being able to be there and then you know uh, Jeannie mancini has spoken at university of mary and mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. so you know, it's so cool to hear, uh, and of course, all these different like organizations, Student for Life America, Healing the Culture, the March for Life, you know, all these things coming together in one and unity is so cool. It's something that like I had heard about all through college and stuff. And that's really encouraging to see this, this unity coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I know we got two minutes to break. I've got a really big question to ask, mm. um, but uh, I think I'm going to save it for after the break. But uh Okay. <laughs> what? Because I, I, I want to give you time because uh, mm-hmm. excited about it, you know. And so uh, now that you're you know you're back in Rapid City and uh, getting ready to work, what are some things locally that uh, we can do? Yeah, well, we just had a wonderful fundraising event at uh, Blessed Sacrament here in Rapid City, 
and a whole bunch of people came. And one of the things that we're doing is we're building a new national headquarters here. Um, we've taken some space, uh, uh, half of a building. One of our board members bought a building here in Rapid City. And so we're building out new office, national headquarter offices and a film studio. Uh, a state-of-the-art pro-life film studio outfitted with equipment and technology. And, um, boy, we could use some help. Uh, you know, if mm. people are interested in that field and want to come help out, if there are actors in the area or voice actors or people who want to learn how to work on set, uh, they should contact us at HealingTheCulture.com because our work is going to be mostly putting out tons of pro-life video and media that will help others educate and evangelize. Absolutely. Well, what a gift it is to be able to do that. Um, and you know, if there's anybody who can help out, if you're listening, reach out, healingtheculture.com, uh, and get in touch with Camille and her team to be able to help spread this message further. Uh, we're going to throw out the break here now. We'll be back in a little bit to dive in deeper to how we can engage the culture and how we can partner with Healing the Culture in our own state and listening area to spread the pro-life message. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Real Presence Live in a minute. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are here in Aberdeen, South Dakota, broadcasting from the heart of the Real Presence Radio listening area. I'm Chris Euler. And I'm Dominic King. And we are on the line with Camille Pauly, 
who is the co-founder and president of Healing the Culture, an, a pro-life ministry that's been uh, around for a good long time, since so 2003, who just recently moved to Rapid City. Uh, so we're excited to welcome them to the state. Um, and so we were talking before the break kind of about the decision that came down last week uh, about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Uh, and now the role of all the pro-life groups and these different uh, movements in the culture. Now, Camille, in a particular way, you had mentioned that healing the culture um, looks to engage the intellectual side, the philosophical side of mm-hmm. uh, the pro-life movement and why we're pro-life. And so can you speak to uh, some of the sources you use, uh, some of the, the ways that you uh, present truth um, to those who are in your trainings to help really engage the minds of those yes, who Yes, because I know you really like that part. <laughs> yeah, I'm a nerd, I'm a nerd. That's, that's the... Yes, that's it. We're all nerds in this, right? Absolutely. But I, I love what I do. I'll, yeah, I love what I do because it's such a positive part of the movement. Um, there are so many people who have a stronger stomach than I do to have to deal with the, the mm. uglier side of, of abortion. And um, my side is the more positive side of who we really are and what we're meant to be. And so I, I just, I'm very blessed to be able to do it. Father Spitzer created a, a curriculum that uh, uses Plato, Aristotle, um, uh, Kierkegaard, St. Thomas Aquinas, um, you know, the writings of Thomas Jefferson and John Locke and mm. Baron de Montesquieu and just some, you know, some of the greatest thinkers on, um, on justice and rights, ethics, uh, the common good. Um, and, and he's taken all of this and he's, you know, it's nothing new. He didn't create a new philosophy, but he put it all together in a way that crystallizes 10 really critical principles that uphold civilization. And without them, civilization will completely be destroyed as ours is, you know, (laughs) or was, and hopefully we can resurrect it. But all of those principles also point directly to a pro-life perspective. And if you, if, if you allow abortion or assisted suicide, you are automatically violating these very principles that keep civilization intact. Like the principle of non-maleficence, for example, do no harm. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know whether or not you're harming something, um, uh, you don't do it. You avoid the action. This is a, the most basic principle of all ethics. And our Supreme Court violated that in 1973 by saying, if you don't know whether or not this is a person, they acknowledged, we don't know whether or not the unborn <laughs> is a human being. Who, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Like we didn't know at the time. This was 1973. We had biologists, almost all of whom were saying, this is a human person. There was not disagreement mm-hmm. on this in the medical and biological field, except among those who had, uh, you know, who had uh, ulterior motives. But they said, oh, nobody knows. So if you don't know if this is a human person or not, go ahead and kill it. That was the most fundamental violation of the principle of non-maleficence. It's the cornerstone of law, the cornerstone of government, the cornerstone of medicine. Do no harm. And we violated it. That was overturned uh, with this decision in Dobbs on Friday, thank God. Hmm. You know, but... There's also, you know, the, these amazing principles that allow us to know that this is indeed a human person. Objective evidence. All the objective evidence is on the pro-life side. Complete explanation. This principle shows that you can't just define something by looking at it. You have to look at its final end, right? What the Greeks called its telos, its, its ultimate end. And so when you're defining a human person, you can't just look biologically because there's evidence that moves beyond that. And so you need the complete set of data. Human beings are capable of transcendence, you know, non-physical realities that move beyond the physical and the material, uh, beyond our biology, if you will. We can 
we, we have intelligence. We can be creative. We can be generous, self-sacrificial, kind, loving, charitable, right? All, all of the compassionate, all of these things are counterintuitive. If you are just a biological being like an ant, you know, or a monkey or a, or a dog, it's counterintuitive. So there's got to be something to a human person that is more than just the physical, and that's evidence for the existence of the soul, that human beings actually do have a soul, that it connects to what is good, and that that's where we get our intrinsic dignity from. And of course, there's that beautiful principle in the Catholic Church. Bartolomeo de las Casas, who was a Spanish Dominican, identified this principle uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago when he was defending the American, uh, you know, the, the Native Americans against the Spanish conquistadors, that every human being, because of our potentiality to connect to the transcendent, to the divine, has intrinsic dignity that is beyond compare, that is, you cannot quantify it. You cannot say, well, you're only worth this much until you're this old or until your heart beats or until your intelligence reaches this level. Your worth, he said, comes from what you could achieve if you reached your highest transcendent potential. And it was the same truth that defended the Native Americans. It's the same truth in the Dobbs case that defended the unborn children. And uh, I was just so proud of our five Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. Wish it would have been six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Justice Roberts, <laughs> uh, he, he did uphold Dobbs, God bless him, but he didn't want to go far enough to overturn Roe versus Wade. But mm-hmm. I'm so proud of our five justices for seeing that. Their, their decision was based on seeing that there is a right to life that is there at the moment of conception because that child has a transcendent dignity based on his potential to do good with his life. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, it's just such a, such a beautiful thing that this has happened. Still can't believe it. We were talking about this, that we, you know, that, that this has actually happened, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so, and I'm sure for you, it's yeah. kind of a, a shift, a paradigm shift of, okay, how do we now move forward? Is, is there anything that, that we can do, you know, anything we can pray for, uh, to support, you know, uh, oh, yeah, healing the culture. What a wonderful, yeah, what a wonderful question. I love that. Somebody came up to me after the event was over, you know, after we left the Supreme Court steps, and they said, well, what are you going to do with your life now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah. well, gosh, you know, this battle is not anywhere near over. Roe versus Wade did not, the overturning of Roe versus Wade didn't end abortion. What the Roe versus Wade decision did is it, it took it out of the state's hands and mm-hmm. made a federal mandate that all states had to mandate the murder of children in their states. Mm-hmm. Now what this did is it said, no, there's no longer a federal mandate. So states can do what they want. Mm-hmm. And of course, here in South Dakota, we had a trigger law. Abortion is now... I loved it. When I, when I landed <laughs> off that plane mm-hmm. on, on Saturday when I got back, I ste- I, for the first time, I stepped foot in a state where for the first time in, f- in 50 years... It's no longer legal to murder your own child. I just Mm. thought, what a blessing. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of work to do state by state. I mean, if we can keep it, remember what Benjamin Franklin said, a republic Mm -hmm. if you can keep it, a pro-life state if you can keep it, we need to work hard. We need to educate. We need to keep working on the laws, uh, keep fighting the court cases that are going to come our way. Um, And and, uh, so people, my request would be for people to pray for us. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of prayer on our knees. And get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prayer and involvement, right? Prayer and activism are two things that we, in particular, is one thing that I, I know I've noticed as of late. 
uh, I had some friends of mine who are not Catholic reach out to me, mm-hmm. and they're like, I am so grateful for the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. for their prayer and their advocating. And so, well, way God to go, bless them. us Catholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's two things that we have done for centuries. Uh, like you mentioned, Native Americans, to the slave, to slavery in the United States, to um, you know, civil rights movement in the 1960s, and now up to here. Like Catholics mm-hmm. are making a difference through their prayer and their activism. Uh, and so... Uh, Camille, thank you so much for being on. I'd love to chat with you uh, more. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, well, we'll, all good things. We'll do it again sometime. Yes, we yeah. will. I like that. All good things must come to an end. You know, maybe in a couple months we can reconnect and talk about some of the things that have happened yeah. um, since Roe and some of the approaches that are being taken. So, I'd love Camille, to do it. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. Uh, and God bless you and all your work. And you guys as well. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you, Camille. Praise God. All right, we're going to turn it on over uh, to Brooklyn for our technical director preview of the next show. Brooklyn, take it away. On the next Real Presence Live, Wednesday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, our hosts are Heather Carroll and Marcus Ashlock from Sioux Falls. They have on Jason Adkins to talk about what is Religious Freedom Week and what are we called to do, and Jan Fertile to share with us how we can be part of one of the best evenings in Sioux Falls, the Taste of Goodness. Also, Amy Julian to talk about the Marriage Matters Retreat and what the newly released document on marriage prep means for engaged couples. All that and much more on the next Real Presence Live, Wednesday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Well, thank you. That sounds like a wonderful show. And so, as we continue uh, to look at the great gift of life, of family, of uh, forming our families, and just living in a Catholic world that uh, so desperately needs the love of Christ. Um, and we're grateful for Real Presence Radio and grateful for the witness that it is. And so I hope it's an encouragement to all of us to be able to you know, to look truth in the eye and to look love in the eye and live it. Mm-hmm. This is such a challenge in our world today. Yeah. Hmm. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up our Real Presence Live show for today. Dominic, rock and roll. Rock and roll. We're doing good. We're doing good. Yep. We're excited for a wonderful day here. Yep. Uh, happy feast day to everybody. Uh, for those who are celebrating the feast day of one of our wonderful church fathers, St. Irenaeus. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's one of my favorite feast days. Uh, feast of St. Peter and Paul. Paul. My dudes. Mm-hmm. So celebrate accordingly. Uh, two pillars of uh, our church. And so, uh, yeah. But stay tuned here on Real Presence, uh, Real Presence Radio. We've got great programming all the rest of the day. Uh, next up, as always, is Woman of Grace with Jeanette Williams. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you all. Bye-bye. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.